0: Welcome back to Activist Connect, a podcast seeking to engage, educate, entertain, and to connect amnesty activists across the country. I'm Tiana, and I would like to begin by acknowledging the Yuggera and Turrbal people as the traditional owners of the land on which I'm meeting on here in Brisbane. And I would like to extend my respects to Elders past, present, and emerging from wherever you're listening from, and acknowledge that this land always was, and always will be, Aboriginal land. welcome back to activist connect guys i'm really looking forward to diving into this episode all about engaging youth in human rights now in this episode we're going to specifically be looking at engaging young students in human rights education and action it's absolutely pivotal that young people in the community have not only an awareness of the concept of human rights but an understanding of what human rights mean for everyone how human rights are protected and how they can get involved in defending human rights And this is all very relevant to a much broader conversation that's happening around the world at the moment, as the school strike for climate change movement has spread globally. I'm sure you've all heard about the movement that was started by a Swedish school student, Greta Thunberg, who led the first strike outside the Swedish parliament building in 2018.
1: I first heard about something called climate change or global warming.
2: I first heard about something called climate change or global warming.
1: Apparently, that was something humans had created by our way of living. But no one ever talked about it.
2: But no one ever talked about it.
1: If burning fossil fuels was so bad that it threatened our way, very existence, how could we just continue like before?
0: Last month, here in Australia, Thousands of school students, united by their concern for the planet, all participated in their own school strikes for climate action. Amnesty International supported the movement and the students who took the time to challenge politicians to take climate action. Amnesty supports climate change through their petitions and advocacy for the human rights of environmentalists and conservationists from around the world who are vilified for raising their voices. Amnesty International will continue to raise awareness for climate change as its reduction mitigates infringements on human rights. Fight, fight, fight. Climate is a human right! Fight! 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 Climate is a human right! Fight! 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 Climate is a human
2: right! Oh, that's good.
0: Myself and some Amnesty volunteers attended the Brisbane Rally and it was so great to see these students in action. All right, so are you having a good time today? Yeah, I love it. Fantastic. you here with friends from school? Uh, yeah. Cool. And what motivated you to come today?
1: Um, Well, I really
0: care about the environment and I really like how we're empowering the students to really make
1: change. Fantastic. Uh, do you think the people have a right to live on a healthy planet? Definitely. Fantastic. And do you feel that you can make a difference? Yeah. What do you think you can do to uh, fight climate change? Um, well, we're all students, so we'll have a real big collective voice
0: and really empower um, the adults and stuff in power for so the politicians to really do something about this big problem. Fantastic. And are you going to come to the next school strike for climate change? Probably.
1: Nice. Alright, good to see you. Thanks, mate. Thanks.
0: It's evident speaking to a lot of the students that they're worried that climate change is one of the biggest problems facing the world and it isn't being addressed quickly enough. The students who attended the climate strike exemplify the importance and power that comes with educating young people about global issues and equipping them with the skills to take action. Young people speaking out, disrupting norms and taking action on injustice is definitely not a new phenomenon. There have been plenty of youth-led movements throughout history that have led to significant social change. One of the most well-known examples is the instrumental role that youth played in the civil rights movement. Young adults desegregated schools in the Jim Crow South, challenged racism during Freedom Rides and pushed forward voter rights and civil rights rights legislation.
2: Barbara Rose Johns led a strike on April 23, 1951 of over 400 students, and I was one of the strikers. I was in the eighth grade. Barbara felt that something had to be done. And then she gave her speech uh, saying that we didn't have to accept that anymore of uh, being like a second class citizen. And then that's when everybody started to get up and everyone walked out. I never thought it would be a 13 year struggle. Well, I personally feel that what Barbara did was very necessary. It was courageous. And it not only changed this community, it changed America before the strike. The conditions.
0: Another youth led movement, one made infamous by the violence that erupted in its wake, the descent of thousands of soldiers opening fire on unarmed Chinese students in Tiananmen Square. The youth were demanding democratic reforms and economic liberalization in the face of cronyism and economic decline. Hundreds of thousands of activists, many of them university students, took to the streets with banners, speeches,
2: and songs. The government has to admit that this demonstration is a patriarchal demonstration. The 3,000 student hunger strikers remain at the core of the protest. In the brutal heat, they were collapsing and being rushed off to hospitals every few minutes. But there was no weakening of the protesters' resolve. As the afternoon wears on here, the crowd gets bigger and bigger and there are some extraordinary groups lending their support to the students. In the past few minutes, a research group of the State Council, that's the Chinese cabinet, has marched into the square waving its banners to the applause of many here. People from the branches of the government itself are joining in, lending their support. Uh, hoping that this protest uh, will produce results, that the government will respond to the students' demand for meaningful dialogue and be in, begin to implement the kind of genuine reforms as opposed to cosmetic reforms that the students want. There
0: More recently, during the 2010s Arab Spring that started in Tunisia and spread to Egypt, Libya, Yemen, Syria, Bahrain, and other Middle Eastern countries revealed youth frustration at police corruption, economic woes, human rights violations, and oppressive regimes. These young actors took part in a wave of pro-democracy protests that turned public plazas into sites of struggle, an unprecedented revolution that was structured and organised around the tools of social media.
2: Protesters armed themselves not only with signs, but with cell phones, allowing the protests to spread at social media speed. On January 11th, a week after Bouazizi's death, Tunisia's government fell apart and the disgraced president, Ben Ali, fled the country. The videos of the successful uprising shared via social media raised global awareness of the protests themselves. State-run news organizations were barely able to keep up, The speed and success of the protest inspired others across the region. Throughout January, protests erupted in Algeria, Jordan, and Oman. By January 25th, the movement reached Egypt, followed by Syria, Yemen, Iraq, Libya, and several other countries. On February 11th, Egyptian President Hosni Mubarak stepped down. And by the end of the year, Yemen's government was overthrown as was Libya's, ending the dictatorship and the life of their leader, Muammar Gaddafi, who was captured and killed by Libyan rebel militia.
0: strike for climate change is a contemporary example of young people from cities and towns across the globe, most of whom have never met before, uniting through their concern about climate injustice and demanding action from decision makers. Australian students even ignored Prime Minister Scott Morrison's call for more learning in schools and less activism. But perhaps education about important global issues and how students can engage with them should become an essential part of the education system. I recently spoke to a local primary school cohort of 140 Year 6 students. The students had been learning about human rights all term, what human rights are, how to engage in them, and they were about to begin a short film project about one article of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. I basically went along to this school to answer any questions that the students had, and I spoke to them about human rights activism. They wanted to know all sorts of questions. Things like campaign wins that I'd seen as an activist, my experience at the United Nations, what my favourite human right was, and even my favourite question, if I could invent a 31st article of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, what would it be? If there was one thing that I learnt that afternoon, it was that it's clear that students have a genuine interest in human rights and how they can make a difference. This is real world stuff that actually affects them and their community. Human rights education should teach both about human rights and for human rights. Its goal is to help students understand human rights, value human rights and take responsibility for respecting, defending and promoting the human rights of themselves and others. An important outcome of human rights education should be empowerment through which students as members of their wider community increase their control of their own lives and the decisions that affect them. The ultimate goal of human rights education is people working together to bring about human rights, justice and dignity for all. Now, in terms of actually engaging young people in human rights, I want to talk about two different approaches to educating youth about human rights. First of all, there's formal education, and then there's non-formal learning. These are two of the three learning styles that are recognised by the Organisation for Economic Cooperation and Development, or the OECD. Formal learning is education that's normally delivered by trained teachers in a very systematic and intentional way in an environment like a school. Non-formal learning involves other structured learning situations that don't quite have that same level of curriculum, syllabus or accreditation that's associated with formal learning so this type of learning can happen through something like a human rights society or an amnesty international school club human rights education in schools can be defined as the training dissemination and information efforts aimed at building a universal culture of human rights through the imparting of knowledge and skills and molding of attitudes efforts by teachers or educators should be directed to strengthening the respect for human rights and fundamental freedoms of students The promotion of understanding, respect, gender equality and cooperation amongst all nations, Indigenous people and racial, national, ethnic, religious or linguistic groups. And the enabling of all students to participate effectively in human rights action. I recently sat down with some high school students who are all involved in their school's Amnesty International Club to chat about their views on human rights education and what they believe to be most valuable about learning about human rights in school. How did you get involved with Amnesty International and what interested you in human rights? From a young age I was very passionate about human rights. I liked hearing about people's story and learning how I could help. I'm in grade 7 which means I'm quite new to Amnesty since they did not have it at my primary school. When I heard about the Amnesty Club at my school I thought it would be an awesome way to learn about human rights and things happening, things happening in the world
1: so that I could be a better and more informed citizen. I first became interested in human rights because my grandma is a Palestinian peace activist and my family has always been interested in the activist movement and the peace movement. I first came to Amnesty meeting about March last year. I decided it'd be a little fun and interesting thing to get into. But in a few weeks I was hooked and really into the human rights activism and trying to find a solution for these problems. I find it really satisfying to look at the community work together look at the community, work together for these people, people who were disadvantaged.
0: I was very young, maybe eight, when I first became interested in human rights. I was brought up in a house that allowed me to develop my own opinions and passions, which I think led me to ask questions about the world and what we can improve on. I used to tell people I wanted to be a human rights lawyer. That dream has changed, but my dream for making the world a better place has not, which is why I'm involved in Amnesty.
1: I have always been interested in world problems and wanting to know how to fix them. I'm in grade 7, therefore I'm quite new to the Amnesty Club but have already learned so much about world issues and have become more aware of the violent situations happening every day. My math teacher, who is from Lebanon, told us all to come down and support him because he was talking about his journey to Australia. So I went down... I really enjoyed the speech. Then I decided to go next week. Also I thought it was pretty good. So I kept on going and got my mates to come down and yeah, now we all come down and do it. As a
0: student, what role do you believe human rights education should play in schools?
1: Well, this is our world, our future and our rights. If school's preparing us for the future, we need to learn how to protect it. We need to learn what we are entitled to and how to give those rights to others. So yes, we need to learn about human rights in school if we want a bright future. Uh, I have been taught human rights at my school through uh, teachers uh, separately from the curriculum and through joining the Amnesty Club. But I think that uh, it could be improved at school if it was made to be part of the curriculum.
0: As a member of my high school's Amnesty International Group, I have realised how important it is to know about what's happening around the world and to express my opinion. I encourage more kids to learn about the situations in which they can have a say and maybe in the future become a part of organisations to make a difference and to make sure every individual should have
1: equal rights, no matter their race, culture, religion or expressions. Human rights education is very important in schools because it affects the amount of bullying that happens and the way that young kids view the world, and we are the future, so it's kind of important. I have witnessed some uh, breach of human rights, as I may say. Um, I have a friend who is openly gay, and in primary school his friends were very homophobic, saying horrible words to him, and just talking behind his back, and it's not nice. During the time that people are in the education system, they are at their most easily
0: influenced. So by teaching students what their rights are and how important it is to understand them, students will, one, understand the importance that their voice can have, and two, be able to make better decisions when and if they enter an environment where their rights may be violated. I think human rights should be a part of every student's education because it exposes
1: them to situations that they may not not have had any knowledge of previously and better the children of our future to become more motivated to invoke change by exposing students to experiences different from their own it broadens their scope to consider a more worldwide view and to be more inclusive
0: it is essential that human rights education is available to students to ensure our future generations are less naive And I think it's important to educate um, the next generation because they're going to be the ones who are, like, in Parliament and they're going to be our next leaders. And so I think it's really important to um, tell them or, like, teach them what's the right thing to do and so they feel like whenever they're leading, they can educate other people and they can help us to change the world so that's better. Is there a particular area of human rights that you're most interested in and why?
1: I'm very passionate about the women's movement as we are half the population. The movement that has the biggest um, impact on me is um, the abortion rights movement. As I know, many women struggle with it. And I don't like the idea that a middle-aged man can tell a woman what to do with her body especially if the baby cannot be brought up in the right environment. Uh, My great-grandfather was killed because he was a Baha'i and he was really close to the Shah, the king of Persia, and worked very closely with him. And when uh, the revolution happened, uh, my great-grandfather was forced out and nearly killed. Uh, I don't feel what he got was fair, especially considering all he did was believe in a religion called the Baha'i Faith. Uh, I I personally believe that the death penalty should be abolished because that death penalty is why my great-grandfather isn't with me today or with any one of my family members. In my opinion, I don't think it was one single issue that impacted me the most, but multiple small issues, such as global warming and refugees, and even more local issues, such as Mount zip line. Also, I'm quite interested in politics, and I think that affected me as I became more interested in how the world worked, and this made me more aware about the issues of the world.
0: I recently participated in the climate strike with a group of kids from my school. My decision to partake was fueled by my desire to be a part of something that had the potential to have a positive impact on my future. I also partook because of the influence of the social media attention that the issue was getting, and after seeing the amount of people passionately protesting and posting about the realities we are facing, I was stirred into action. The
1: human rights issue that I'm most passionate about is what is occurring right now in Venezuela. Um, I, I'm i from Venezuela, and I moved... Um, To Brisbane in 2010, because of the corruption and the dictatorship that is going on in the country. Um, I still have family members from um, Venezuela that still live there, and they can't leave because of the inflation rate. It's gone. um, It's it's predicted that by the end of 2019, it will be
0: go up by 10 million percent, uh, meaning that my family my family can't afford to. Um, to move to
1: Australia with us or move to the United States or anything like that. I participated in the Climate Strike for Change in March this year. Um, I decided to participate because um, by doing so, along with many of my peers and the community as a whole,
0: were given the opportunity to highlight an incredibly relevant issue. And the thing is, it's not only relevant to current generations but more importantly, the generations to come. The action
1: we take as a global community and the decision our government make now will undoubtedly affect every aspect of our lives in the coming years. I have realised how much human rights is violated every day and the devastation it's causing to the world. I'm most passionate about women's rights because of the inequality that I didn't realise of a child that I would like to breach now in the future.
0: It so great to hear the perspectives of young people who are actively engaged in human rights education and action, and to hear why they believe human rights should be an important part of every student's education. If you're a teacher or a student and you want to learn more about starting an Amnesty school group or taking action as a student, you can head to Amnesty's website amnesty.org.au forward slash student resources for a whole heap of resources about engaging young people in human rights education and action. Thank you all so much for tuning into this episode of the Amnesty Activist Connect podcast. I always find hearing from the next generation of human rights defenders so inspiring and motivating and I hope you did too. Don't forget to follow us on our social media at Activist Connect on Instagram and Facebook. And I look forward to connecting with you guys in our next episode.